There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Dream and think big, but start small. Use your resources. You have to focus. You have to plan. And then do it. And then success will really follow. And then when you fall or fail, um, give yourself some time to think and relax. And then you just all have to do is, all you have to do is just bounce back. Especially at this time, this pandemic, we, we, we all really have to bounce back. And hello, good evening. Welcome to the RJ Ladesma podcast. I am RJ Ladesma. Thanks again for joining me on this lovely Tuesday evening. Here on the RJ Ladesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs, learn more about how they think about doing business, what are their success secrets, how they've innovated their own businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this new normal or even the next normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you'd like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to interview them. Uh, we are also live right now on Kumu CBRC TV and Global Pinas TV. Now, tonight's a very special podcast because we're not only featuring one, not two, but three guests in this one special podcast. The first person I'm featuring, a very good friend, she was the former president of the Association of Filipino Franchisers Incorporated, of which my company Mercato is also a member. She is Miss Joyce Ko Yu, the president and CEO of True Blends Tea and Coffee, whose multi-branch coffee shop is now a top-of-mind destination for honest-to-goodness tea and coffee concoctions, which started out as a cozy cafe cart in the Ateneo de Manila High School cafeteria. So all the Ateneans out there, one big fight for our good friend, Miss Joyce Ko Yu. And together with Miss Joyce, we also have Mr. Mark Joseph David, the president and CEO of PAL Maritime Corporation. He is a second-generation partner in the company, which is family acquired in the early 2000s. And he became the president of the company in January 2020, right in time for the pandemic. I would love to hear his story of how he took over and then managed throughout this pandemic. And the common denominator between both of these companies is that they were both chosen as mentees to participate in LARC's new Normal Business Council and Mentorship Program. It was called the LARC Your Way to Success series, which they attended and qualified to become mentees for this program. And I'm sure you also want to find out a bit more about what LARC is all about. So to complete the trio here tonight, we have Mr. Andy Mao all the way from Singapore. He is the regional LARC product specialist with more than 12 years of experience in enterprise sales, solution architecture, operations, and sales enablement for large enterprises in the SaaS environment under his name. And he's helping LARC expand here in the Philippines. Let's please welcome all our three guests here this evening. Please welcome. Uh, we have again Miss Joyce Ko Yu, Mark Joseph David, and Andy Ma. Guys, please join me here at front and center stage. Guys, thanks so much for joining me here. How are all of you at home? Again, thanks so much for joining us. Andy, thanks so much for joining us all the way from Singapore. And for all Thank those you. listening to us here live right now, if you've got any comments, uh, suggestions, or you want to find out more about how you can bring LARC into your own companies, please leave a comment in the comment box. Now, as we start off, um, you know, both of these companies, we're very happy. Joyce, again, congratulations. Mark, again, congratulations to both of your companies. You guys are actually saving a lot of money by being <laughs> yeah, part of this yeah. one. Uh, Joyce, more or less, what were the benefits that you got because you you qualified for LARC? You're getting about 300,000 pesos worth of services. Is that right? Yes, yes. Hi, good evening, everyone. Just hi, Andy. Hi, Mark. Uh, good evening. Thank you for having us here. 
Um, yes, we are just so lucky that uh, we were able to got the chance. You weren't uh, lucky. You, quali- you qualified, right? Even you're, you're, uh, yeah. you're not just lucky. No, uh-huh. I never won any, you know, any <laughs> raffles. <laughs> it's just this one. So, okay. so, so I think I'm really lucky for having this. What, what did you I guys? Say? What did you guys? What did you guys um, win? What did you guys uh, qualify for? What did you get? Um, we got three hundred thousand worth of PR, right? And did. Yeah. <laughs> and what <laughs> and else then, did you get? The the usage of Lark, um, we got I think 100 MB storage from Lark for the what do you call that? Um, sorry, I'm not that techie, but is, you know, uh, which is the great thing because you're not really techie, but you yay. realize how important this thing can be yay. over for uh, for us over here. I'm learning. I'm learning from I'm learning. very much. <laughs> okay, before everything else, thanks so much, Josh, for explaining to us briefly what what you understand from this one. Uh, let me go to Andy now. Andy, here's an interesting story. Hi. Now, be- before we spoke this evening. I, I met a colleague of yours here in the Philippines who does TikTok. Uh, she's the TikTok community operations manager for health and lifestyle. And because my business is a mercato for food, she got in touch with us to encourage us to open the TikTok account. And it's a bike dance, right? That's the mother company of TikTok. And it's also the mother company of Lark. And as I was talking to her, she was telling me, do you use Lark? It's absolutely fantastic. Lark, Lark's great for me. So apparently, Lark began as an in-house app for, for you guys who work in, in ByteDance. Please tell us a bit more about what is what this is like. People are hearing about Lark and how it's great for companies that it sort of like integrates a lot of the different problems that you have of communication and using storage drives outside or using other apps to communicate. What exactly is Lark, Andy? That's a great question. You know, like every other startups, uh, companies, Lark basically... Um, also use or bike dance as a whole, right? It's also using uh, different types of video conferencing tools, storage tools back in the 2012, right? When bike dance was formed. So what happened was um, there was an idea that was uh, concepted, but we were still young and we were still, uh, you know, trying to build our business. And what happened is uh, we did try every piece of technology <laughs> that you can imagine. We, we tried Slack, you know, we tried WeChat, we tried many, many years. And it was only in around 2016, right, when the company decided that to achieve productivity, what exactly do we need? And, and that was the time when the engineering team um, was scaling from 100 to 500. And we weren't able to actually start building something that belongs um, or that helped us to work productively internally uh, you know, as a uh, company. So moving ahead of time, today we are in, in an international market. We have commercialized this product. Uh, and in 2019, that's when I joined um, the company, right? Well, we decided to move out of uh, our mother country, right? And come into this uh, international, uh, venture into this international zone, right? Um, to bring about something that is different, something that we have experienced before, felt the pain, built for work, and wanted to share this with every company, every businesses out there today. And that's luck, the one that you're okay. looking at and using today. So basically, Lark was sort of like the irritation if you're doing business and let's say that, okay, um, I have to get an, I have, I have to communicate with you online. Oh, which yes. app do you want to use to talk? Or let's do exactly. a conference, a video conference. Well, what app do we use online? Or let's go, please connect me to my storage drive. Oh, oh which storage drive are you using? Exactly. So you said okay. it, was, it, was, it was just all around the place. And then Lark sort of just brings it into one place. Is that right? Yes, we started the same way as what Mark and Joyce has experienced. Right, it was really frustrating. You know, we were really unable to be productive, right, uh, until the point where we decided to build this. Yeah, so you know, we have all these pieces that we we knew is needed for work, all right, and we have experimented that you know over that years, and this is what is the end product. Lark. Just in case people want to visit Lark, where can they find out more about Lark if they want to use it for their own companies? www.larksuite.com, right, is really where you can get everything about Lark. You you can just simply download it and you can use it. It's simply, you know, today is free for everyone, right? You can actually use it with the storage, with the messenger, calendaring, and uh, video conferencing, and much more. So I'll leave you guys to discover that. Oh, so it's it's on, it's online and it's a free downloadable app. Yeah, it's downloadable. Uh, it can be downloaded onto your laptop, your desktop, or your mobile phone. Oh, even, and they even can sync all together, right? But they can sync all together. You know, I mean, you don't you don't have to have separate apps. It's just one app where you no, can do calendar. Just one app. Yeah. Just one app, right? Wow. This is, and and I just have one more question before I move on and talk to Joyce and Mark over here. When did Lark figure out that, you know, hey, this app that we're developing 
to help us improve business processes inside the company is actually a an app that can be more commercially viable. But how did that come about? Because it, it is the basic story of entrepreneurship from irritation led to an inspiration yeah. to create this, this app. When did they realize, hey, this app is something that's got more potential than just being an internal app for the company? Yeah, so of course, uh, you know, something that we started, you know, way back. So, and we felt that there was something missing in the market, right? Something that people are struggling. You know, people were complaining that, you know, they have so many applications that they have to manage. At least you have five applications outside of your social apps. That's that's right. And, yeah. And today, unfortunately, unfortunately, some may think differently. Your social app becomes your work app just because that's you want right. to reduce that five, maybe to four. So, so that actually brings out a different problem, right? And unfortunately, that, that actually kind of, uh, in, especially in COVID-19, it sort of accelerated this, uh, this learners and work becomes life, life becomes work. Sort of nobody well, can separate that. It. It, it's yeah. painful. Yeah. yeah, it's painful. I mean, <laughs> like you said, life becomes work and work becomes life. I'm sure right now, uh, I, maybe Andy, you're probably wearing shorts like I am right now because I'm doing a work from home <laughs> yes. uh, over here. <laughs> So it's it's nice. So that's that's basically what Lark does. It sort of you know it eliminates all the irritations from having too many. You keep on saying, "Don't you wish you had one app where you could put everything inside from your calendar to email and everything else and video conferencing and storage drive all in one place?" And that's basically what what Lark did. So thanks so much. Yes. Now moving on. Let me let me talk to Joyce this time around. And Joyce, um, what I really want to talk about is before everything else, I want to just greet the people saying hi to Joyce, Miss Will and Ma. Of course, Miss Will and Ma. Also from oh, the Association absolutely. of Filipino Franchisers. And of course, wow. See, Mark has got a lot of fans over here. Uh, hello, NP Mark Joseph David from Eliazar Casas Realiza and Marian Sige. And from Manny David, and dami niyang hinahatak ng mga para, para makinig dito ngayong gabi. Thanks so much for listening to Mark. Uh, we're going to have him speak in just a bit. Now, going to, to Miss Joyce, no? and Miss Joyce and I, we've been colleagues for many years, working together as mentors in Go Negosyo. And also, she was my president in the Association of Filipino Franchisers. But what's always interesting is telling the story of how you come into the franchising industry. Because many people, they keep on thinking, am I right for franchising? Or, you know, do I have to have a business background when I become, uh, when I, to enter into franchising? But Miss Joyce has got a, a really interesting story. Uh, Joyce, tell us a bit more. What's what's True Blends, and then how did you get into this business? Were you a business person before coming into True Blends? No, I'm. Not, I was not. Uh, actually, as I shared before, I only had training in extracting blood and examining urine, stool, <laughs> and blood. You know, you were but, you, know, you were you were, were tech. You were a med tech. Was your yeah, background? I am a medical technologist by profession. So those bacteria and those parasites were my best friends back then. <laughs> Um, but while working in the laboratory made me bored, you know, especially when I was in a histopath department. I even connived with my senior friends or senior colleagues to sell fries. And, you know, um, we, we were selling ice cream sandwiches before. Those were the moments when I was dreaming of having my own potato corner then. So I must say I'm a registered medical technologist, but a entrepreneur by heart. Having a medical background, you know, and going into an entrepreneurial path is not really easy. It was I was able to experience those hustles, those humps, those heartaches, those those headaches in my journey. And I'm getting through with this, especially with the help of my entrepreneur friends, especially like you, RJ, you know, in Afi yeah. family also. We do share our best experiences and even our worst. So I really learn a lot from them. So yeah. But how did you, Joyce, how did you, you know, move from medtech to go into into, um, into, into putting up your, your first true plans? Because if, if you're feeling shy, I mean, the, the route is either you go entrepreneurial or you really go professional, right? I mean, those I was, are the two routes. No, actually, I was, no, I was able to study medicine back then. But I was supposed to study medicine after my board exams. And then I, I just told myself, I'll, I'll work as a medical technologist for a few years, then I'll take the board or I'll, I'll take medicine afterwards. But then that was the time when my dad had heart attack. So that was the time when I told my mom that I have to, to help her in our family business. We were selling school supplies and other um, office supplies in national bookstore and other bookstores in Binondo. So there, and then one day... Um, since we're selling school supplies, I, I went to Ateneo and then I saw the market and then I saw that there are lots of carts and then there's no coffee shop yet in a cart. 
So that was the time when I said to myself, I want to have one and I want to start one. That was the time when I was attending Sir Francis Kong seminar and other seminars like Go Negosyo also. And I met actually the supplier of the ingredients of Starbucks or should I say the other coffee shops. So that was when I was able to do R&D at home. And then one day I applied in Ateneo and then I said, I want to have a space. And then when I pitched in my ideas in, uh, with the cooperative, then they said, we want partnership. So that's when True Bloods really started uh, way back in 2009. Hello, listeners, and thanks so much for joining us at the RJ Ladesma podcast. I hope you are enjoying this episode as much as I am. Do you want to know how you can collab with your own brand here on the RJ Ladesma podcast? We use Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. If you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code in all caps RJ Ladesma to get full control of how you monetize your show regardless of its size. If you are an advertiser who wants to collaborate with us, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. You were able to use your medical technology training for the R and D at home. I, could you could you say that one, or was that you know you didn't need an R and D, didn't need your med tech background for that no, one? No, no, not really. Maybe with those measurements, yes, but <laughs> with those extraction, no, no, not all. No. I was never so, like what you call that. I'm growing bacteria, you know. No. Okay, I, I hope not. But when you say true blends, well, you know, usually yeah. I tell people. Well, you know what? If you want to solve a problem, you've got to solve it in your own unique and innovative way that nobody else can really copy. Or apparently you have a secret sauce. What made True Blends the coffee that you were selling in Ateneo, in your in your Ateneo coffee cart? What made it different from other coffee carts or from other coffee products out there? Because that's a lot, that's a competitive business. Actually, we we never use powders. So if once you taste our coffee and our milk tea, it's really what you call that solid, or, or I don't know how um how you explain it. But uh, whenever we do innovate or create something new, oh my god, I don't know. Somebody would just copy our. I don't know. Somebody would just copy, and you know, um, yeah. would just oh. it's it's normal, right? But so yes, right yes. now we we just keep on innovating and innovate. You know, it's really hard, but you know that what I'm telling our staff is that. Um, we have to be different or we have to be, we have to concentrate on our customer service. I see. So that's what it became your differentiating advantage aside from, because the people, especially in your business, it's so competitive, right? That people were copying you. So so customer service became something that was more, that became your differentiating factor. Is that right? Yes. When, yeah. When we had our cheese cloud, they they copied it. When we had our, um, when we had our meals, our chicken chops, everybody copied it. You know, it's like, when I created Shops to Go, Chicken Chops and those milky came from True Blend. I made another brand. And one day, like a few months ago, somebody asked me to like their page. And it's called Chicken Poppers. Like, oh my God, this is my oh, concept. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, like, wow. oh my God, they're really copying. So, so you're saying that custom... Like yeah. Wow. <laughs> so so what, you're telling me that right now what makes you different is the quality of customer service which you yes. give? So aside the from the innovation... The quality, yeah, the and the quality service. of the food that you offer, yes. But but how do you define the? I hope you don't mind. I want to go into this a bit more. I mean, customer service is easy to say. It's it can be lip service, but what exactly? If you were to define, what do you mean by by customer service? Ah, uh, maybe because we service. have oh. maybe because we have a relationship with our clients. So even if it's pandemic, we still have connections with them. So even if we don't have our physical stores near Ateneo, they would still order from us. I see. Wow. So yeah, really strong connection. And by the way, listening here right now, he says, Hi, Joyce, the best milk tea from Noel Winicky, the president of the I, Association of the Filipino I Franchises. Thanks so much for listening to us, George. He also is greeting me. Hi, George. Thanks for listening to us here right now. And we'll get back to you again a bit again, Joyce, because you know, I want to talk a bit more about uh, what's happening here in the pandemic and how you guys are adjusting. No? Okay. But I want to go to Mark right now. And this is this is a really interesting story. Mark, if you can hear me. Mark, from what I understand, though, uh, you're in the ship crewing business. That's, that's what Palm Maritime Corporation is. It's about ship crewing. But for those of us who aren't in the shipping industry or the ship crewing industry, why are why is Filipino talent in particular so in demand that even you know Norwegian shipping companies they're actually establishing training centers here or they're working with 
Filipino cruise. What makes us sort of like a magnet or, or very or stand out against other countries when it comes to uh, ship crewing? Siguro I can say no, so I'm kind of biased as well. But I think it's a trend to have uh, Filipino seafarers. No? I, the population of worldwide seafarers, one third of that are Filipinos. And a lot of shipping companies from all over the world tend to look for seafarers who are siguro three things. No, First, they have to be reliable, be hardworking, and lastly, they have to be flexible. And I think a Filipino seafarer crosses out all these three items. Reliable because they know what they're doing, even if there's a lot of complaints from our seafarers and damning training, competency levels that they have to take, etc., etc. No? But it only boosts their knowledge, their backgrounds, and performance on board the ship. And aside from that, no, aside from the know-hows na mga Filipino seafarers natin, they are also very hardworking. I think that's very innate in every Filipino, that they are very hardworking people. And lastly is reliability. You see, in seafarer, you know, being a seafarer means a lot of adjustments. No, You're out on the ship for eight months. You don't get to see your family. Sometimes you want to spend your Christmas to see, go back home and see the graduation of your daughter, your son. You see, Filipinos, no, they can easily adjust. Of course, it's not like going down from a bus Now, anytime you want to go down, I can go down. Of course, you need to arrange everything from, from your reliever all the way to coordinating with the agents, taking the flights, etc., etc. But if any case, no, Filipinos, on my experience, are the easiest guys to convince or talk to in case there are adjustments that needs to be made. There's a captain who needs to go home for Christmas. You are unable to arrange anything. It's easier for us to tell a Filipino captain that maybe you can extend one, two months more while we arrange your reliever rather than telling it maybe to a Russian captain, especially uh, Eastern European uh, seafarers. They really like going home during summers. Pag winter, on board yan sila. Pero pag summer, Dapat nasa, nasa lupa sila, nasa, they, they signed off. That's automatic trend for them. For us Filipinos, the trend is usually Christmas. In December, they all want to go home. And in March, for the graduation and the summer vacation of the kids. Uh, but the difference there is it's easier to talk to these people. No? So reliability, hardworking, and, and flexibility is very important, especially in our business. Wow. So how long, if you don't mind me asking, I understand now how you can see from an international standpoint that Filipinos are very reliable. But when did we start coming up? I mean, when did the Philippines become very prominent for ship crewing? And can you just give me an indication of just how big we are in the ship crewing industry worldwide? The Philippines. I cannot say the exact numbers. No, I don't have it with me. But just imagine this. Out of the whole population of seafarers, one-third of those are Filipinos. That's how much Filipinos are on board the vessels now. So imagine the impact that Filipino seafarers have in the industry. That's why a lot of companies are are bringing the training here in Manila because it's easier for them. Uh, they're bringing their own companies here, their ship management companies, their crew management companies. They're bringing it all in Manila. The, the biggest container company, Merck's Line, they have their whole setup here in Manila as well. Wow. And they brought it here because it's easier because their, their seafarers are here. So they, they built their crewing setup here as well. Of course, they have crews from India, from all the other places. No? But having one-third of the population of the seafarers around the world really shows how the international community looks at a Filipino seafarer. And, and so they, and, they, went, they, they went straight to the source. Part of they went straight to the source. Yes, That's why they built it's here easier in, for in, them, yes. Everybody's here. I mean, all their crew are here. So might as well build their own companies and setups here as well. But of course, no, people may say Filipinos are very popular because they're cheaper to send on board. I can tell you they're not, actually. No, I, I was discussing this a, a few days ago. I was making a deal with a foreign partner uh, asking me, why should we hire a Filipino seafarer uh, where our costs are lower than what you're sending us? And I told them, it shows confidence, no, uh, the performance of a Filipino seafarer. But of course, it comes with the cost. Filipino seafarers are not the cheapest option in the market. As a crewing agent, as a ship crewing company like us, we have to be very frank to them as well. And it shows, no, na it's not just about the financial part of hiring Filipino seafarers. Of course, 
RJ, I can tell you, no, it started that way. Filipinos are one of the cheapest crew that is available out there. That's why people, owners of ships, started to transition from European crew to Filipino crew. But I when see. they were able to see the performance uh, that the Filipino crew has, of course, the wages started. I can tell. I started back in 2007 in this industry. A captain's wage, I can tell you, is around maybe 2,800 US dollars during that time. Now, the wages of that captain, same position, same type of vessel, is going around 8,500 US dollars. And that's how big of a jump in terms of wages that, that our Filipino seafarers had. And it's not just because they are the cheapest option. No, that's the wrong notion. No, because I hear that a lot. Ah, it's cheaper for sh- uh, shipping companies to hire Filipinos. No, it's not cheaper actually. But Filipinos make it cheap for the owners to maintain their vessels because of their performance on board. And then your ship crewing company, basically, what irritation does it solve for ship owners? What, what do you What do you guys do? You do the vetting. You do the What do you do specifically? What does Pan Maritime do? Actually, it evolves. No, when I started in this company, all we do is just recruitment. We just find the seafarer. They need a certain captain. This they need a certain a position on board. We just look for them, and then we send it to them. We vet it. We send it to them. If they said yes, then we process the documents and them on board. But because of all the things that happened with the shipping industry, there's a big transition to what we are doing 10 years ago, 15 years ago, to what we are doing now. Now we do a lot of management stuff as well. And aside from uh, vetting and, and looking for these positions that our owners needs, we do a lot of management for them. We manage also their accounting part already. We also manage... Uh, uh, budgets and wages. Uh, we also manage discussions with foreign agents. So let's say we need to send someone to the U.S. We handle it from looking for the crew to processing their documents all the way to medical and then all the way until they can arrive on board the vessel. So, so, so there's a you're, big you're moving up, difference you're moving already up. from what we do before. This is great. So the innovation for you guys is that you were moving up the value chain. In other words, you became, you know, yes. just crewing. You start moving up the value chain, and that was became the, the biggest asset, I guess, for Pal Maritime. Uh, these are very interesting things that Joyce and Mark know. Uh, I really love what you're saying, and I just want to greet again the people uh, listening to us here right now, including Mr. Eric Paikaig, also of uh, Association for Filipino Franchises, who is right now, I think, if I'm correct, he's got an associate professorship position in uh, George Washington University. Congratulations, uh, Eric Paikaig. And Ms. Jenelaine Dingalan, of course, of uh, Gonegorso. Uh, she's done doing for us. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us, Miss Jen uh, Dingalan. She is the person who uh, gets us all to speak on uh, on Go Negosho Mentor Me and does the online program. Now, a lot of interesting things that were going on. And let's bring back uh, let's bring back Andy again. Andy, as you were looking at the different companies, like you saw Joyce's company and you saw Mark's company, and, and as you were evaluating them, what did you see as you know? What were the basic sort of like I would call it pain points that you saw from their companies that many companies are experiencing, but they don't realize that they need your help or they need they need Lark. Because basically sometimes it needs an outsider looking in to say, I can help them out. They might not know how they need help, but I'll explain to them how. What, what did you see as you as you started to mentor these companies? Yeah, um, thanks, RJ. So again, you know, they are all leaders in their field uh, and, and they are experts as you have heard, right? So what I went in with them was uh, the McKinsey 7S framework. Because when you're using a technology, it's not just about a technology. It's about whether some a technology can actually tie all your processes, your strategy, your structure, your people all together, right? Even, you know, the skill sets and taking into consideration all this to look into whether a solution, right, or a product can actually help you to facilitate uh, some of these uh, very key elements to any sort of companies. Right when they start operating, start growing, and start scaling. So you realize that it's because of all this. Uh, typically, the C-levels, the leaders uh, in this call, they will look out for solutions to plug the gaps. Yeah. Right. But what is missing is the bonds, the connections. Right. Datas are silos. Datas are in different solutions. And often not, you can't make a proper decision to move the next step or see where you are right now, right? So, so these are very important uh, elements, right? Uh, in, in the mentorship that I did with them uh, together. 
uh, to help them to uncover and then rediscover with luck how they can actually achieve it. Enjoying this conversation? Check out the Lonely Hearts podcast, where we have conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts, minds, and misunderstood geniuses of this world. Together, you and I will help make sense of our own personal worlds in these uncertain times. Reluctantly and lazily hosted by Esquire Philippines Editor-at-Large, Sarge Lacuesta. Brought to you by Esquire Philippines in partnership with Podcast Network Asia. Available wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. Joyce, what did you see as the pain points of the company that you didn't realize Lark could help address? And as you were going to the mentorship, you realized, ah, so this is what Lark can help me do better. Give me, give me some examples in your company, Joyce. Actually, it's what Andy said. Um, it's really the connection. Like, for example, when I, whenever I'm going to have a franchise inquiry meeting, I would just schedule it in the calendar. Then there would be a link with our, what do you call that, conference call, something like that. So it's really connected with each other. Like, if I would just add our team and then everything's just, you know, and then there would be reminders also. And it's really you know, time-saving for me. <laughs> I don't need to open another app and then make a link and then open another app to to make a schedule. Ah, I see. All in one. Yeah. So, so it's, it was a time-saving device yes, for you. Yes, and it's super user-friendly. Okay. When you were when you started using it, it addressed pain points for you, basically, yes, when, you were able, yes. when you were able to it do this one. It saved my time. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's one thing, very, very key, which is, which is inquiries. What else were you able to do? Like you said, what are the other connections that you were able to make as a result of Lark? Like, for example, I have to send photos or PowerPoint presentations to our franchises or for our clients, our partners. It's easier to, what you call that, to link. Or, or I will just add it and then they, I will just send the link and then they would be able to get the file already. That easy. Ah, so everything's sort of like inside the Lark ecosystem yes, of your business. So, yes. uh, but how, is it, how easy is it to get, for me, like, is it easy to get people who are not part of the... Because it's sort of like, it's like, it's like an ecosystem, right? You have to get the suppliers on board with you. You have to get your franchises on board with you. Was it easy to get them on board into your large system? Yes, it is. I would just send the link to them and they would just automatically would download it. And then that easy. Just like one, two, three. So easy. <laughs> right, um, Mark? Uh, wait, before yes, Andy, yes. So, Andy, if they link to that Lark, Lark automatically downloads into their system or they don't, do they have to download Lark to access it? So like, like what Joyce mentioned, uh, it's just like three steps on the onboarding. So they receive the email, they click the download, they click click open. <laughs> so, so it's almost, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's so easy for me. So for, yeah, it's, it's so, not that you're an idiot, but it's idiot-friendly. It's yeah, idiot-friendly yeah. tech. Okay. It's user-friendly and uh, it's also mobile device-friendly. Uh, meaning to say the, uh, the partners, the suppliers, all right, or even the seafarers, do not have to worry what kind of phones or uh, laptops they have because it automatically detects the device and offers the software for them to do. Yeah. Yeah, if I may add also, it syncs from my laptop to iPad to the phone. And even, for example, laptop is Mac and then the iPad and then my phone is not an Apple, it syncs. Oh, great. Yep. Great. Wow. That's Very great. nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. And as I move on to Mark, Mark, your your good friends from JCI Philippines are greeting you. Greetings from JCI Philippines, supporting uh, uh, Mark Joseph David here on the show here right now. Ayan. I hope all the JCI Philippines are listening right now to the talk together uh, here with Mark. Mark, tell us a bit more about, about your own experience. Well, what are the biggest things that you did pick up from Lark? What, what did it improve? So Joyce said that the meetings with them were made much easier with their franchises. What made it easier for you? I know you were telling me before. It wasn't tech at all. I remember before you were telling me that in your business that became a big, big problem, especially when this pandemic hit, right? Yes, actually, you know, uh, one thing I can say, initially, when I, the first time I explored Lark as a system, I saw it as a, a community building app for, for me, for my seafarers, for the whole organization, not just for inside our company, but also to our seafarers, to our suppliers, and also to our partners in Europe and across the world, no? But aside from that, after having that session with Indeed and his team, I saw that it's it's a whole system that I haven't explored yet from timing that my staff has to go. Whenever they arrive in the office, they can do geo timings and I will see them. And I only have to open my app, Lark, and I will see if my staff are coming in on time. Uh, they can exchange files and documents and, and put it there and access it 
all inside LARC. And that is what I'm trying as a, as a president of study, no? So for me, LARC is a big revelation. Not just because LARC has a big support towards our growth in, in, in our own businesses, no? But we really see the, the convenience, how we can make things more efficient in how we conduct our everyday business, no? Especially now in these times of pandemic. Before, we wouldn't even think about using LARC uh, because all our crew has access to our com- to our office. Our principals can travel, I can travel. Uh, but now, uh, with this new normal that we have, Lark and all the other apps, the difference with all the other apps is Lark, you have it all in one app. Unlike the other apps, I have to open one app, I have to open this, I have to open that. For my shared files, I have to open this. But basically, you know, for our business, it's not just the community base that we have now, but also internally on our operations, uh, LARC will be a good help for us just to implement and make sure that our processes are efficient. And that is moving forward to digital transformation, no? if I may say. Have you, Mark and Joyce, have you guys fully embraced LARC or are you slowly moving into it? I mean, have you given up? With not given up, but have you transitioned from the other multi-apps to this one LARC app or are you using it simultaneously? We're getting there. See you, Mark. Go ahead. Uh, I have meetings so every time. Every time they, I'm leading a group here in JCI. I mean, I'm an appointed officer in the international uh, organization of JCI. But I'm gonna go back a bit to Andid. Andid, we're seeing right yep. now. What are the key things that both of these companies are experiencing? What Joyce and Mark have experienced, and how they're using Lark to improve. What would be your tips? I guess, I guess, for MSMEs, for small companies and medium-sized companies, what are the key things that they should look at? so that they can do their digital transformation and bring in LARC. I mean, I'm sure you have to provide the framework for, for, for both Joyce and True Blends and Mark for them to sort of improve the company. What sort of tips can you give right now for the companies listening here as to the framework that they can develop so that they can slowly use digital transformation using hopefully your app to, to, to get there? So, so again, you hear Mark, um, he's slightly more mature, his business. So he even tapped into the application development. Uh, within LARC. So I'll not go into that space, but for SMBs or micro SMEs, right, in this call, a business will not uh, be possible without humans. So we always start off with um, the people that you're working with, right? And typically when someone has to work with you, right, they will have to schedule a session with you, right? And they will have to then call you, meet you, or text you, right? So that, that those are the basics, so if today some of these basics right, are basically residing in different applications, get into luck. I mean, because it's just one single app. It can work pretty well with all the devices and uh, laptops or machines. And you can quickly work with um, your, your providers, your customers. Right? It can be from customer satisfaction perspective because your company could be small. You can't offend your customers. All right? Or you want to bring them closer. So everything is all about human. So the first thing you could think of is really what I mentioned, right? Reduce the kind of uh, number of apps that they are using. Don't forget, when you are using four or five apps, they are also using four or five or more apps. So reducing the number of apps for them really, really do a favor for them and for them to want to be in touch with you a lot more. So that, that's probably my only advice uh, to, to get it easy for you know, the micro SMEs and SMBs uh, in this call, you know, to take it up. Thanks so much for sharing with us a bit more about um, how how LARC can help MSMEs work. Now, I just want to take a step back a bit more and, and talk a bit to Joyce and to Mark really about also the entrepreneurial experience in, in their own companies because many people want to hear about that one. And when I go back to Joyce, in your story, I want to find that in, in your entrepreneurial journey, you know, you began from one small true blend store. Tell us how you expanded from there, from just one, because what what was that? You know, it's it's difficult. It's not easy. And you were you were a, co- a small coffee and milk brand, pea brand, and then eventually you were able to grow from there. In you know, in the harsh competition, you know, very fiercely competitive industry. How did you expand from there? Actually, I didn't really plan to expand before. When I had one branch, I was really happy with that branch alone. I didn't even dream of like expanding or having like five branches. Um, back then. But when I thought of our staff, it was like, I just asked myself, how can I give them salaries if they 
there are no classes during um, December and, and then summer breaks. So that was the time when I decided to find locations. And then when I got this call center um, space, I got it for free. It's not really free. Um, it, they would just get percentage from our uh, from our gross sales. And then mm-hmm. when I started getting that certain location, all the inquiries or franchise in- inquiries would come in. As in every oh. night, our staff would call me, "Ma'am, are we open for franchise and all?" Wow. So that was wow. the time when I asked myself, maybe this is the right time to franchise. You know, even if I don't know anything about business and franchising. That was the time when I started looking for consultants, attending Go Negotia events and other, oh, you know, wow. um, entrepreneurial or, or business seminars. And that was the time when I decided, oh, maybe this is a sign that we should expand because people are looking for it. People are looking for our cheese cloud series. Then, cheese um, cloud. When wow. I, yeah, those are the milk tea or the the blends with cheese. It's like cheesecake on top. So something wow. like that. That's when we decided really to expand. And Sir RK, Sir Boots, and other mentors from AFI helped me. Yun. Thanks yeah. for my AFI friend. <laughs> yeah. Sir RK, that's RK Franchise Consultancy and also Butch Olivares. Yeah. They both have franchise consultancy groups. So yeah. people listening here right now, if you're interested to, to grow your franchise, they're not a franchise consultants here right now um, who can actually help you. Also, my other company, Easy Franchise, can help you uh, if you need to grow your franchise business. Now, just yeah, I have a question cool, because... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Collabs are always great, no? But I want to find out, Joyce, um, there's a lot of struggles that you go through as an entrepreneur. Was there a point when you were doing True Blends and growing it that you felt, ah, hindi ko na kaya? Or, you know, there's, 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 there's some moments, you know, I know it's like to be an entrepreneur, it's a roller coaster ride, right? What are one of the, what is one of the lowest points that you had as an entrepreneur? Oh, no, let me share that. Um, during 2018, during my, during my term as an AFI president, my baby space or where I started, the one in Ateneo, our neighbor asked us to leave. So I had no choice but to leave Ateneo. Imagine um, I've been there for like 10 years and then I just, uh, I just invited priests to bless our store for our 10th year. And then they would just ask us to leave right away, like in a month we have to leave. So that was like, like that was really a heartache for me. So I really didn't know what to do. I, I didn't even step on Ateneo grounds for at least I I think a year. <laughs> Imagine that heartache. I have no choice. I have to think of our staff. I have to think of other people. I have to think of the families of our staff, you know, our employees. So I really have to, you know, um stand up again and bounce back. There's no other choice. Right. That was, that, that was your learning from there. That was your. That was what you picked yes. up from that that experience. Yes, yes. We really have not. We should not be able to what you call that. Be contented in one space. We have to look for other options as well. And what for you was your? You know, when you look back, like I've been honest, like for Mercato, you know, after ten years, you look back and go, "Wow, I can't believe I did this." What for you is that experience when you look back right now? You said, "Wow, I, I, we finally made it for True Blends." What was that for you? Yeah. I really can't believe that people trusted and, you know, supported our brand and even others' franchise, even though I'm not, what you call that, marketing our franchise system before, people would just look for us. So it's really like an aha moment for me, like, wow, I did something at least useful for other people, right? And aside from that one, you opened up a second franchise. That <laughs> just yeah, it possible, you were saying, yeah. So how, how did it happen? I mean, that, that I find it amazing. You have two franchises which are doing pretty good. How did you develop Chops to Go? Oh, actually, where did the irritation came, come from? Yeah, True Blends has lots of products, right? From milk tea to coffee and then food. It's actually hard to expand um, with lots of products, and then the training for franchise would be like a month. So it's very long. So I just thought of what if I would just get some of our items and then get another or make another concept. And that is why um, I created Chops to Go. So I just had, uh, I just got the chicken chops from True Blends and then placed it under Chops to Go and then some milk teas. And I just didn't know that it's, you know, it would click in the market. Wow. Amazing. So now you're running, you're running out two franchises, is that right? Mm-hmm, yes. And Chops to Go are now available at SM Food Court. Fantastic. So if, if anybody's interested to, to get a franchise from you, where do they go? Look on our Facebook account or our Instagram account. And just look for Fantastic. us. And then just PM us. Importante ang mag-save. Pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner 
and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano umaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Uh, Andy, just going back to you and before I go back to Mark yeah. again in a bit, no? Uh, Andy, uh, looking at the, the scope of Philippine businesses, looking at the different opportunities emerging, what are you seeing right now uh, from your perspective, from a tech perspective at least, what are the emerging opportunities you are seeing here in, in, in the Philippines and in the, in the tech scene that you can see uh, emerging as a result of technological change, uh, the economy, the people, the resources? Are you seeing any, any emerging opportunities? Um, lots. <laughs> so I'm not sure whether you guys heard. Um, in fact, when 2021 started, uh, Philippines was highlighted as one of the countries that potentially will have the, a, a lot of the promising technology startups that is going to emerge. Uh, wow. into Southeast Asia. Yeah, there, was, there was a news report over here. And, uh, you know, that, that got a, a lot of my uh, investors, uh, groups uh, excited, right? And, uh, you know, one of the key things is, uh, of course, we all know what happens in the uh, U.S. And uh, U.S. is back into the, uh, climate, uh, uh, the climate change and the support to sustainability. Mm-hmm. So with mm-hmm. sustainability, I think, you know, it's something that is strong in... Uh, uh, in a country like Philippines, you know, where you guys are actually uh, able to uh, manage your supply chain, right? Um, say from the farmer or from say, uh, you know, waste treatment, water treatment, sort of a, uh, you know, algae tech or food tech sort of a technology into something that, um, you know, is uh, is more sustainable, right? Because you have that space, you have that network, the people, the technology to actually accomplish that. And it's something that a small land like Singapore can't accomplish, right? And, and, and there's lots of data that are collected also. And therefore, companies coming out from Philippines are pretty strong in this area that a lot of the neighboring countries are, are trying to learn, right? And are trying to, uh, of course, you do have competition uh, in places like Vietnam, right? And many others. But again, you know, Philippines been um, a lot more tech savvy, right? Like the millennials are a lot more foregoing in a well-spoken in terms of language, really puts the uh, entire country ahead uh, of some of the other countries uh, who are doing the same thing. So I believe you know that that is really an opportunity uh, to be uh, to be taken advantage of this season, and uh, you know to basically start growing and scaling uh, from where we are today. But let's go back to to, to Joyce, uh, Miss Joyce. Call you Joyce. Um, before everything else, no, what are you seeing also as emerging opportunities, particularly for those who are interested? To begin in the franchising industry, I'm sure that you've got a really great perspective when it comes to that one. Definitely e-commerce. And, you know, to go and delivery food orders, that, that would be our really our new normal. Um, RJ, we are really hoping that we could go back to our usual daily store setup like before, right? But I just feel like everything would be ordering online now. You know, everyone would be ordering. And then we just have to have our own delivery services. That is for our food industry. Okay, but when you're when you're in the food industry, uh, tell me a couple of things. Are all the different food industries or all the different food products doing well, or are there some that are doing better than the others? I I understand that you know in, during this crisis, it was the essential foods which are doing well, and considered essential was actually milk tea. So people were still patronizing milk tea. But how about the others? That, that's a bit more. Well, you know, if people wanted to get into the franchising industry, what type of franchises are good to put up? And I guess if you're gonna just Invest in the franchise, what would be a good one right now, especially during the new normal? Well, actually, it depends on what they like. Um, it depends on their passion. No, I, I don't want to push some or our franchises to patronize True Blends if they don't drink True Blends, you know? So it really depends. They really have to love the product first before they franchise that item. And then, of course, uh, marketing is really important these days. Um, whatever franchise you, you buy right now, the important thing is you have a good location and then you market it well. With those, sales would really come in. Really great to hear. Thanks so much, Joyce Koyu. Now, before we finally move on, we're, we're coming closer to the end of the show. A lot of people coming here right now and, and they just want to, you know, they want to give some feedback uh, to us as well. Andy, last couple of things. What's what's next for Lark? How, what, what more can Lark do for people? Is, is it a free app? And as well, are there some premium functions as well for that that, that they need to get? Is it totally free the whole time or are there other things? Are there add-ons which people need to get to make it work even better for them? Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, at this present moment, uh, we, we are just making it free available for you know our SMBs, 
right? So I myself also runs a non-profit association outside of uh, LARC. And uh, right now, as an association, you know, as a small medium company, right, uh, we, we use LARC uh, on our day-to-day basis also to do our conferences, our meetings, our chats. And the kind of space that we're using out is really minimal, right? So, so I think, you know, what is being offered right now by LARC uh, is more than sufficient, right, to help the uh, SMB companies to be efficient and productive up to the point when they start to grow, right, uh, you realize that even if you have to get more storage, etc., those are uh, not a, a point or not a pain or not a matter to you anymore. The growth and the business overseas, right? So, or in Philippines, right? So, so that's something that I felt, um, you know, luck will grow with the companies that adopts us and it will eventually be a part of uh, the companies. Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's from me. Thanks so much, Andy Ma of LARC Regional Product Specialist, helping us grow LARC here in the Philippines. Thank you so much, Andy, joining us from Singapore. Uh, Miss Joyce, just a couple of things. Before we let you go, I, kn- I know that both of us, we've been go negotiable mentors for several years. We always give some pieces of advice that, that, that are common denominators. People keep on asking us the same questions. We give the same answers. But if you were to distill that advice into, into let's say, one or two bullet points, what is the advice you have for up-and-coming entrepreneurs? This is what I usually tell all my mentees. Dream big and then dream and think big, but start small. Use your resources. You have to focus. You have to plan and then do it. And then success will really follow. And then when you fall or fail, give yourself some time to think and relax. And then all you have to do is just bounce back. Especially at this time, this pandemic, we all really have to bounce back. Thanks, RJ. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Joyce Koyu, president again of True Blends and Chops to Go. And at the same time, one of the Lark mentees here in the Philippines. Thanks so much, Joyce Koyu. Thanks again so much for guesting here on the show, Mark Joseph David, uh, president again of PAL Maritime. A lot of great learnings. Um, and the, the nice thing about Mark is that he's able to use Lark globally now for his business. And thanks so much again for the great insight from all of you. Again, this is RJ Ladesma for the RJ Ladesma podcast. If you've got more interesting guests whom you'd like to appear on the show, please let me know. We would love to have them here on the show again. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday night. Enjoy the rest of the evening. God bless. Thank you so much, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.